0: Welcome to Full Blown Coverage, just another football podcast no one asked for. I'm Mark Sayre, and I'm joined each week by Andrew Irvin and Ken Menard. Ken, free of COVID, how you feeling?
1: Dude, that was one of the best vacations of my life. I didn't do shit for two weeks,
2: but I feel pretty (laughs) good.
1: Feel pretty good. I'm back.
2: You're like Kevin Stefanski watching from your basement and still cashing checks.
1: Yeah, I I bet he (laughs) took a bunch of naps, too. Good for him. We missed you last week, buddy. Oh, thank you. I miss you, too. I'm happy to be back. Good to see your faces. Guilt-free naps. Nice to see Ooh. yours as well. Yeah, Full-blown, well, Mark. Full-blown.
0: Before we delve into football, <laughs> <laughs> Drew's wife, Ashley, suggested that we uh, let our audience know a little bit more about ourselves. So I thought we'd start the next few weeks with a segment I'm calling
1: Getting to Know you.
0: We're gonna start with Mr. Menard. Ken, what's your address and social security
1: number? Ah, can I <laughs> sing the song "Getting to Know You"? Getting you can, to know
3: yeah. you,
1: <laughs> getting to know all about you. Anyway, all right. So, um, my name is Ken Menard. I'm originally from mayonnaise. Com- Eight mayonnaise. I'm originally from <laughs> Comac, New York. I bought some kombucha yesterday because somebody said it helps with your digestive system. And it smelled like mayonnaise, and it was very difficult to drink. <laughs> that said, um, I played football at Marist College, upstate New York. i mater of Jason Myers, the, the uh, Seahawks kicker. Um, I worked at ESPN for 15 years where I was a producer in the event production department. Um, yeah. I left the company a few years ago, occasionally picking up some TV work, but I'm very happy with my weekends off working for a startup here in Austin and life couldn't be better.
2: Hey, Ken, I have a, I have a question. Did you listen to our podcast last week? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Well, I, don't, I, I, I didn't. All right. That's all right. That's all right. I'm sorry. I was tired. Um, no, but I, well, I feel, you're, you're, I not, you're not
0: missing much. We really missed you.
1: Uh, I Dude, miss you, you guys. You got to the show, man. Uh, thanks. It was, it's great to see your faces again, especially Drew's without his pirate beard that he had. <laughs> yeah, I cleaned it up for you, buddy. Uh, full blown. Full blown.
2: <laughs> okay, I have a real question. Sure. You worked at ESPN for a long time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What was your favorite memory in your production
1: career? Hands down. 2010, I produced the first day three of the NFL draft. And um, that was by far the highlight of my professional career because my first year at ESPN was in 1999. I started on college football and then moved over to the NFL draft. So Drew and I go way back. We worked at ESPN together. Um, we worked in the event production department. So we did the games, um, not studio stuff like Sports Center, et cetera, And I've always been a big NFL draft fan. And from the time I started, one of my goals was I wanted to produce the NFL draft. Um, So the first year they had a day three, I wasn't even a producer in title yet. Um, And I had been the replay producer for Monday Night Football for a few years. So I knew kind of the NFL landscape of the company and I was familiar with it. And they said they wanted me to, they asked me to produce day three of the NFL draft. Um, and we were on the air for eight hours and it was by far the, um, the, the pinnacle of, of, of my producing career without a doubt. Now, if you go back to that year, um, just to remind you, Sam Bradford was the first pick of the draft. Tim Tebow got taken by the Broncos in the first, first round of the draft. But Every year at the combine, we would go there and do a shoot with all the players so we'd have all these elements that we would put together for the show. We had 200 players show up. All of them were good guys. Everybody was a good guy. Uh, No issues. Um, Gronk shows up. Okay, so Gronk was taken in the second round by the Patriots that year. Gronk shows up, takes his shirt off, and says, what do you want me to do? And then he wouldn't leave. He's, like, dancing, <laughs> putting on sunglasses and everything. And, like, a girl just comes to me. One of the girls on our crew, uh, her name was Leslie. She says to me, she's like, Ken, we got to get him out of here. I'm like, just tell him, to, tell him we have to go. There's a line of people. Wouldn't leave. Great guy. But, oddly enough, and I've always found this to be very strange for whatever reason, obvi- w- w- when I tell you who it is, for obvious reasons. There was one player who did not show up to that shoot. Aaron Hernandez. And I've always, Uh, I always thought it, I thought it was odd then. And now I just think it's very, very strange. Um, Like that's an opportunity for you to show your personality, really build your brand, all that type of stuff by participating in that.
2: Or to just create an alibi.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Maybe I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he was out on the mean streets of Indianapolis that weekend (laughs) <laughs> take an angel dust or something like that but well i've got i've got another
0: uh another important question uh, sure you, ken. who shot first han or Greedo? Han shot first every time man come on All every right. time we should let everybody know the reason i'm asking ken is a
1: huge star wars fan right? i am <laughs> yeah. i am what's but i'm what's not your- i'm not mark that's a great point though i am Wait, a huge
2: han? Star- i thought it was
1: hans <laughs> what is he what is he German no yeah, yeah, it is in it's, Sweden it's Hans Olo but um the but I am a big fan of the movie I always thought it was Hans Olo
3: <laughs> I'm <laughs> not the a big fan is, of Drew all the shows his
0: name was Hans Olo
3: <laughs> 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 Not a, one, yeah. oh, Wait,
1: not a Star Wars not Fucking You're not a star anything guy except for Starbucks, your favorite coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Better than Folgers. Uh, All right. So, one more question. What do you guys want to know? Well, uh, let me just tell you. Oh, I, I have another let question.
2: Me. I have another well, question.
1: Yes. Continue, son.
2: Okay. You've lived in Austin, Texas for nine years. Mm-hmm. What do you miss most about, I'm going to say Long Island? You lived in Connecticut for a time before that. But what do you miss the most about Long Island?
1: Not. Even close, hands down, the pizza. Not even close. So, yeah. so here's the thing: uh, if you guys have, have never been to New York, which I'm sure you both of you have, Drew, I know you have, right? The thing about New York, is, the thing about New York, is you can go, you can't go probably two to five miles without finding a pizza place that's better than anything in Texas that you can walk up. And just get two slices of pizza and leave. Um, and that—that that I miss the most. Uh, hmm. Most of my family's not really there anymore, so I—I um, um, I miss my friends, you know. I miss, but um, yeah, the pizza the most, without a doubt. This isn't sixty
2: minutes. We don't need to get into your friends or your family or anything. I just wanted to lighthearted answer.
1: Now I'm gonna have—I'm gonna have a list of questions next week for you, pal. <laughs> there
2: you go. <laughs> All let's, right. Let's talk
1: some football.
0: Let's do it. Yeah, let's move into our weekly roundup. A wild, wild card round is now officially over, ending with Browns players trolling Juju Smith-Schuster and his much-maligned TikTok dance videos by performing their own dance number to Corvette Corvette after the game. Ken, does Heinz Field
1: have adequate property insurance because Cleveland just destroyed their dance floor? Well, (laughs) that's a great question. Since you're talking about Corvettes and dance floors – I, the first thing I thought of was Little Red Corvette and Evacuate the Dance Floor, which is one of the worst fucking songs of all time. <laughs> but I always tend to listen to it whenever it's on. Um, a yeah. couple of things here. One, good for the Browns. Um, I, I really, good for the Browns. Like, this is like, it shows that they've kind of grown up as yeah. an organization, as yeah. a team. You know, you can criticize Baker Mayfield all you want, the guy shows up to play every week. Um, they have a really good defense. Their running game is outstanding. Um, and they beat a historically great franchise on their home field in a playoff game. They also got a, f- a few breaks, which the Browns rarely get. A snap over the head oh, to start the game. Next thing you know, it's 14-0. It's 28-0. Eh, it gives you a lot of confidence to play the rest of the game, knowing that you have that cushion.
2: You know, Seahawks fans love uh, botch
1: snaps. Oh yeah, right, oh, exactly. That was, I texted you about that when it happened. That's yeah. the second greatest snap over the head in NFL history. But, but, you know, you know, we we, we were talking about this a little bit uh, a little bit before. Like, Steelers just need to stop, man. Just stop. When was the last time a team won a Super Bowl or had a really? Successful season, maybe got to an NFC a, a, a conference championship game and lost, or lost the Super Bowl, or even won the Super Bowl more than anything else by doing all of these things with TikTok videos and creating dance numbers and all yeah. that type of stuff. Somebody find me that team because I, I would love to know what that who that team is. Maybe you could say the '85 Bears. Well, that's the greatest team I have ever seen in my lifetime. But when was the last time a team who did all those things actually won anything? Why don't these guys, somebody needs to impress upon Juju and Chase Claypool and all these guys, dipshit. Do you want to win or do you want to be that? Because if you want to be that, go be that. But if you want to win, you may want to stop doing those things to make it at least – to at least give the appearance and the perception that you give a shit about your job. No one's ever won doing that stuff.
0: You're asking to lose when you're talking all this shit off. Absolutely. You know, if you want to talk shit, make a play. Do it then, you know. Um, but when you're doing the shit, the fucking TikTok dance videos and you know, I I, I don't know if it was Claypool or Schuster, but whoever was, you know, they calling the Browns, you know, who are they? They're just a bunch of gray, nameless faces organization that doesn't mean anything to me. You're you're dooming yourself to lose the the quarterback. You know, absolutely the, the football gods are not kind you start talking all that shit you're gonna lose you know and yeah and that shit is motivation too absolutely for the opposing team you know they feed off of that sort of stuff by the way juju isn't the only person picking shoelaces out of his teeth after trash talking the browns Colin coward who's got this long-standing beef with with baker you know a few days. losing i have more
2: I'll, i have more on the browns We're scared. For the segment, and you never asked me what we thought you were moving on to the next segment. We
1: thought you were were frozen again. (laughs) (laughs) all right. I did
2: some research. Yeah. I came up with the um brown uniform power rankings. You guys want me to start at five or one? One is the best. Start at five. Start, Start at five. Okay. Number five is the um central Louisiana State University mud dogs. Do you guys know who those are? Yeah. No. 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 no? no? Uh, Bobby Boucher was the linebacker. Still no. The no. Water Boy. Yeah, the Water Boy. That's oh, how five. do
1: you? <laughs> I thought that was a real fucking team. No, I know it's not. Wait, they had brown uniforms.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that fucking movie. <laughs>
2: it's not, not, a, not a great movie. Very you know, easily, very otherwise. easy to do. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Number four, it's moved up from number five. Is the Wyoming Cowboys.
1: There you go. That's a good yeah. one.
2: Led by Josh Allen.
1: You oh, know, yeah, they I'm moved still. him
2: up. A, uh, number three is my only non-football team. Uh, excuse me, non-sports team, UPS. They've been coming through <laughs> for during the <this> pandemic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <I>
2: <laughs> Solid team it. right there.
1: Full-blown. Um, yeah,
2: number two is the Cleveland Browns, which last year at this time would have been four or five. So they're almost to number one. Number one whose slogan last year was bring back the Brown, San Diego Padres. I'm nice. turning this into a baseball podcast, whether Mark <laughs> likes it or not. <laughs> Number one,
1: big signings last week. Let's go pods. It's about time they got went back to the Brown uniforms, man. Those were sweet. So that's it. That's, <laughs> that's, the last, that's my last
2: thought on the Browns.
1: Yeah, I really do enjoy Adam Sandler movies when he talks like a fucking two-year-old, though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What movie
0: does he not talk like a two-year-old in? I there guess. There you go. There Punch Drunk Love, maybe, uh, and uh, uh, what's the... What was the one, what was the one with the...
1: No, the one No, the one that just came out that he said he should have won an Oscar for, but he, it really wasn't even that great. Oh, Uncut Gems. Uncut yeah. Gems, yeah. yeah. Mike Francesa was in that. Yeah. Sorry,
2: I just I just wanted to re- rate the Browns uh number 2 in the power rankings and something. All right, yeah, man. I love number it. Two. Well,
0: hey, I don't know where, where you interrupted me.
2: <laughs> it was something
0: about Colin Coward. Colin Coward. Yeah, that's right. Colin Coward. Uh he has been given I guess he he's been in like has had some long-standing beef with with Baker since Baker was in college, but his 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 latest and greatest is He's he's calling Mayfield not quarterbackial enough because he wears his hat backwards. True. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, what does your Mossimo Polo think is the likelihood Coward said this with his collar <laughs>
2: Before I answer the one to ten scale, nobody loves Target clothing more than Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gives you, a shit about. Answer, nobody question,
1: gets, answer my question with 100% honesty. Where did hey, you get that Beatles shirt you're wearing? I, I, my daughter got it for me for my birthday one year, or for Father's Day, actually. And I'm pretty sure she got it at Target. Now, here's <laughs> to piggyback on your point, though, Drew. Nobody gives a shit less about what they wear than Ken. Maybe me. It's a very empowering feeling to not fucking care. Well, that brings
2: me to my second point. I I probably have (laughs) photographic proof that Mark was the one popping his collar. I've never popped my collar in my entire life. (laughs) Only when it's cold, Guilty as charged. (laughs) In terms of Colin Coward, uh, to talk some media for a second, Coward's never – he never is wrong. I listened to Colin Coward after the Baker-Mayfield game, and you know who he talked about? It was one of the quarterbacks in that game and it wasn't Baker. Mayfield. Big Ben. It was Big Ben. He thinks Big Ben should go. I mean, I think Colin Coward is a genius, to be honest with you. I've met the guy. Um, he knows exactly what he's doing. He picks a point and if he's wrong, he pivots to another point. Um, so he's really, he's really never, he's never wrong. If Big Ben comes back and has a great season next year, he'll pivot to the next guy. He was down on Aaron Rodgers 2 years ago and now he's rarely brought up. So,
1: well let, I don't let's know. be real. No, let's be real. real.
2: Last last point on call, on Colin Coward. I think it's funny that he comes from Seattle, who is the home of the most famous backwards hat athlete of all time and hates backward hats. Ken Griffey Jr. Ken if you Griffey didn't know Jr.
1: That. Probably the best <laughs> baseball player of our lifetime. But I, let me just say this though. First of all, Colin is in the business of creating content. So he's going to create the most compelling content he could possibly create, and he does it on a daily basis. We do this once a week. Once a week. He has to do it every single day. Now, number two, he's also in a position where being critical of athletes and being critical of situations oftentimes creates more listeners and more debate amongst his listeners. The reason I listened is because he was so hard on
2: Baker. Yeah. And then Baker won, so I wanted to see what he said, and he said nothing, but he still no, he, got the... No,
1: he did. He said, congratulations, Baker, you played You played well. But you know what? He But to, to your point, Drew, where he's always right, yes, that's a point, but he also does where Colin's right, where Colin's wrong every week. And he, and he, he will freely admit that he made a mistake.
0: Yeah. For example, who cares if anybody wears... Wears their hat backwards, but uh, I, I will say I'm not really sure what Baker's Cobra Kai head wrap <laughs> that he has after every game.
1: Great show, the best worst like show of a, all a, like, time, by the way. It's like a,
2: it's a, he's a politician in a way. Like he pivots quicker than Ted Cruz.
0: Yeah, he falls apart <laughs> quicker than Big Ben's knees.
1: That's right. Hey, by the way, Drew had the greatest uh, take ever on Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is the guy you invite over your house, and he brings a six-pack, drinks three of them, and brings the other three home. <laughs> <old. laughs>
2: the only thing that's wrong about that is he wouldn't drink three of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Fucking tank sim. I love
2: Colin Coward, by the way.
1: I really I do. I watch yeah, it. Uh, listen every day. Out.
2: Listen uh, every so. day.
1: No. Uh
0: Well, let's move on then to the one that hurts for Drew and I. The Seahawks joined the Steelers as another 12-win team to fall to a division rival with a worse record. This begs the question, if Russell Wilson wore rollerblades, what would be his Christian DJ name? Hey, Ken, your love for jars of clay is no secret. <laughs> Please christen my beloved dangerous <laughs> on Jesus' ones and twos. Rain, rain on my face. Hasn't stopped <laughs> raining for days.
3: Rain, <laughs> rain
1: on my face. Anyway. That's a song I'm, by Jars of Clay. Yeah, I know. All uh, right, hey, you.
0: I thought you. I thought you, you were just You were also but, uh, suggesting it be his DJ
1: name. Uh, <laughs> DJ. <laughs> Rain on my, on my face. face. Well, he does play in it, Seattle. It could um, be a You know, a city often associated with precipitation. Yeah, um, sounds but slightly anyway, pornographic. Totally, <laughs> full blown. Now, I would my, the first thing that comes to mind is DJ Gospel. DJ That's actually gospel. a good one. That's a good yeah. one. I could see a non-Christian DJ using that name. <laughs> Non-Christian. Well, now, here's the thing. Considering the news we have just heard today, let me throw this back on you guys. Um, thoughts on the Schottenheimer um, execution? Mark. Oh, I
0: mean, for me, that was number one on the to-do list in the off-season. It was to get rid of him. I... Surprised it happened as quick as it did, and I'm yeah. I'm I'm glad. You know, I mean, nothing against the guy personally, but I, you know, going from Daryl Bevel to Sean and I thought Bevel drove me crazy. Sean it was on another planet for me personally. Drew can tell you that's texting about him but about it every oh. game with it. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm you know I'm happy to see him go. I'm terrified we're gonna have Doug Peterson now.
2: <laughs> yeah. You never know. I will say, real football talk, it was uh, it was interesting. The the mo- I think the reason that Pete Carroll was so stunned after that is the Rams had the perfect Seahawks game. Like exactly what Pete Carroll wants to do. Their running back had 150 yards, they didn't turn the ball over, they won the time of possession. Um, that's Pete yeah, Carroll's blueprint right. for a yeah. win.
0: You're exactly right, and I
2: think that's why it was so frustrating for him. Um, that being said, on the Schottenheimer front, like there was no adjustments. They made a lot of comments about how there was no adjustments. To me, to me, it's just frustrating because I I do think they have a top three NFL roster. They have incredible players, and um, it scares me that. Pete Carroll is good at a lot of things. I'm not sure about hiring um, coordinators is one of them. It seems to get the retreads. I'd love to just get, like, be ahead of the curve, you know? Like, you see all these new up-and-coming up, up and coming offensive coordinators that become head coaches. And I don't know what he needs to tap into to find somebody innovative. But yeah. that has and, to happen.
0: I mean, I, I was telling Ken before we started recording, too, you know, if, if Sean Heimer didn't get fired, because I do think that, that Pete's greatest asset is also his worst enemy, which is a sense of loyalty, which on one hand, I think it works great with rehabilitating, you know, players that weren't particularly that great before or giving people second chances and they turn it around. And that's worked for us a handful of times, but particularly with coaching staff, he'll keep people around that just they're not getting it done. And it makes oh, like me Tom Cable. Yeah, exactly. It makes me feel insane. And I kind of felt this time, you know, where if he didn't get rid of Schoenheimer and we don't, you know, start making some other changes to give Russell in his prime the best chance to to win um, and, and go deeper into the playoffs, that maybe it's time that we started thinking about other coaching staff, including Pete. You know, no, Pete just signed an extension this well, year, so that's not going I was happen. just about to get to that. <laughs> he signed the extension this year. They also signed an extension with Schneider um, for another five years. So I don't think that's happening until Pete decides to retire. And this isn't anything against Pete personally. I, Pete is my favorite Seahawks coach of all time. I couldn't thank him enough for Super Bowl victory. Not
1: Dennis Erickson? the last
2: the the last thing on shoddy for me that was weird is that the press release set from the seahawks said that there was philosophical differences um right which maybe is like a hat tip to the fans i don't really know seems weird i wish i had that like i wish i had that philosophical differences phrase coined when i was single and was trying to part ways with
1: it's not you it's a lady yeah yeah let let Is me just philosophical take an differences, the, uh, <laughs> Carol. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've had philosophical differences many times. Um, uh, let me take an outsider's perspective on this, okay? Yeah, I- I'll start. I'll I'll start. Uh, I'll go as um, I'll try to work my way back to Pete Carroll here. Probably the greatest football coach of our time. Maybe the second best. Definitely the best college football coach of our life. Nick Saban, right? What did he say a few months ago? He said, defense doesn't win championships anymore. Offense wins championships. Yeah. Okay, so you got you have a coach who believed in defense, run the football, control the clock, don't turn the ball over, okay? And suddenly now he has an offense that scores 50 points a game. It's wide receiver you. I mean, and these guys aren't like, hey, so-and-so. Don't, don't forget, so-and-so was drafted in the first round. I don't know. Every Alabama receiver that is in the NFL right now is unbelievable. Ridley, Julio Jones, uh, uh, Amari Cooper—they're all great, right? So he has become—he has learned enough. He has evolved enough to know, or was smart enough to realize that that's not going to win football games as easily as it would be to have an offense that scores 50 points a game. Yeah. So at some point, the Seahawks need to. Bring their offense. Stop. don't stop with the running game. The running game. The running game is now um, a great, a gr- great to have. But if you can't throw the ball, you are not going to win. If you don't have an innovative and creative offense, I, mean, I want to say I, you don't even need that. You just need a sound passing attack with play calls that um, suit your team and are you know in the in this grand scheme of the game are going to work right? You also need better players. Now that's, that's a different story, but they need to hire somebody that's going to take their offense into the 21st century, not waste Russell Wilson's prime years. And let's be real, Mark. We talked about this earlier. If it wasn't for Russell Wilson, would Pete Carroll really even be the coach of the Seahawks anymore? They're the most underwhelming, very possibly not. Yes. They are the, the most underwhelming Consistently good team in the NFL, like did you really think they had a chance to go far in the playoffs? I certainly didn't well, I think the
0: I think the hard thing if you ask that question to any Seahawks fan and the reason they 're always going to say yes is because we 've sat in front and watched game after game where they 're decided by a handful of points where Russell has done the two minute drill, come back, mm-hmm. won the game it definitely instills the sense in a Seahawks fan that there's always a chance, even if it's 17 points with four minutes left in the fourth quarter, you you still think it's possible.
1: Yeah. You You have Superman on your team. That's it. Yeah.
0: And I, and I agree with you. I, you know, I, I don't think offensively, I I think we're fine with Carson at running back and DK and Lockett. you know, for the time being a wide receiver. I mean, I think DK is going to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL for the next 10 years.
3: Um, you know, so. I don't know
0: how much longer Lockett will continue to perform at the level he performs at or, or, or what his future plans are. But I, I feel good on that front. For me, the, the thing that's drew, driven me crazy for, you know, 10 years is our offensive line. Russell mm-hmm. has been either the most sacked or in the top three, most sacked quarterbacks every year since he started playing. And, um, and I, I, I understand that we have to pay Russell. Um, there's guys on the defense and, you know, other guys on the offense. And certainly eventually we're going to have to pay DK that we're not going to have the money to have, you know, the most experienced, best offensive line, you know, possible. However, we, we don't even pick up offensive linemen in the draft ever. It drives me fucking crazy. I, I, if they can't solve it in free agency – They've got to start drafting these guys to to give him some more protection and some more time.
1: Well, if you you just want a good great example of that, watch the game last night. Mac Jones was not even no one even came close. Maybe a couple of times there was that he did have that fumble early in the game. But I would say, I don't know, 90% of his dropbacks, no one was was in 2 or 3 yards of him. Shouldn't that be an example of if we can protect our quarterback and we could do things like Block. We're going to be able to do anything we want. Totally, anything. And, and, I mean, and that's the, what you're pointing out too. Like, look at that.
0: That's a game. Mac Jones. I mean, Alabama is Alabama, but th- Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Mac mm-hmm. Jones is. You know, why don't they win the game? It's not. It's not because of Mac. You know, I'm not saying he didn't affect the game. Yeah. No. How many touchdowns he wind up throwing? But that's their offensive line is outstanding.
1: Unbelievable. You know, the
2: counter- only the, the only real quick thing I'll say to Ken, to counter counterdict what Ken said what
1: to counter what counterdict Contradict. what's a counterdict <laughs> I don't know you, you just, I don't know you just said it
2: <laughs> uh, Hanzolo. I I agree I agree Hans. with you but like I said the Rams beat the Seahawks the exact way that Pete Carroll wants to play. Yeah, by is, defense and by running right. the football. And I'm not I, – I, I, agree, I agree with, with what Ken said, but, like, I don't think it helps the outlook to, to show that we just got beat at our own game. So, unfortunately, his philosophy seems to be get better at our own game instead of adjusting.
0: Yeah. And you hey, know, Drew. That, that may be something I'm bitching about next season. Hey, Drew, I, I have a question for
1: you real quick. I have a question for you real quick. Who's a better, who, who, which Hans do you prefer? Hans from Die Hard or Hans from Star Wars?
2: <laughs> well, I've know
1: Hans Olo.
2: <laughs> was, Hans, was Hans from uh, Die Hard the bad guy?
1: The it bad fell guy. Off the fell off the building. Spoiler alert! Uh, you've never seen <laughs> Die Hard? I'm kidding. I was. Oh my I, I god! warning
0: our fans.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, counter Dick. We got to put Die Hard.
1: Counter Dick.
0: Let's talk about Let's talk about the Nickelodeon broadcast uh, <laughs> for our audience that doesn't know. Uh, Nickelodeon offered an alternative broadcast of the Saints-Bears game this last weekend geared towards children and adults that collect Alvin and the Chipmunks merchandise. Drew, what was your favorite Nickelodeon moment? I know you watched it. Was it Uh, slamming Sean Payton or turning players' heads into drunk hamburgers?
2: Uh, Neither. I have two, and then I have a third point. All right. Um, Most comical moment had to have been – Mitchell Trubisky being named the Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player <laughs> by a landslide. <laughs> At the time, they showed the graphic that said that he was the uh, player of the game. Uh, who's who's voting on this? Um, I don't, It was a fan vote. He got like seventy nine. He got he got like seventy nine percent of the vote. Amazing. So yeah. They even had a trophy, which would have been hilarious to get a picture of him with the Nickelodeon (laughs) MVP, which non-valuable player. I don't know what that could have stand for. I'm sure you could think of something. Oh, God, um, yeah. That was number one. It was pretty funny. (laughs) I mean, like, (laughs) the whole broadcast was pretty awkward about it because they actually – I'm sure the NFL said you can't actually interview – the player if the team loses so they had to interview the guy that came in third place in the nvp which was uh cameron jordan uh which was a totally awkward interview as well um the second best was it was actually just like an all-time moment in general but watching on nickelodeon made it that much better um Jimmy Graham scored the most garbage time touchdown. It was actually a pretty incredible catch, one-handed catch, which meant absolutely nothing. I don't even know why they didn't just take a knee or hand it off or whatever, but they wanted to cover the spread or something. So Jimmy Graham scores a touchdown with no time left. And the slime zone shoots these slime cannons out. It's say bears everywhere. <laughs> like Jimmy Graham Jimmy runs into the locker room. He doesn't even
1: stay out. He
2: catches the pad and bolts for the locker room as the slime is going off. He wanted uh, nothing to goal. do with it. Nothing to do with it. <laughs> That's um, too funny. But I did find something interesting on a on a real level uh, that shows you the power of the NFL. I'm going to read you a couple numbers. The final game, deciding game six of the Stanley Cup finals, drew a 1.7 TV rating. Eastern Conference finals, the NBA finals outrated it, but the Eastern Conference finals between the Celtics and the Heat drew a 1.8 rating. Game two of the ALCS between the Rays and the Astros, 1.88 rating. The Nickelodeon coverage of this game drew a 2.06 rating. Wow. <laughs> if that doesn't tell you about the power of the NFL, I don't know what does.
0: That's amazing. That pretty much yeah. sums it up. Well, it, is, it is
2: interesting
0: that they're doing this. I, are, are they planning to continue to do this? I haven't really read too much on it and, and, and missed the broadcast. <laughs> but I, I do find it fascinating, particularly since it's geared, obviously, towards kids – you know, and it's a little, I feel like it's a little more controversial now about pushing kids to play football, right? A lot of parents are really concerned about it. Um, and I, I, I'm interested to see how people respond to marketing specifically towards, you know, people under the age of 10
1: is, is interesting. That's a great point. Um, I have an eight-year-old eight eight daughter. I would like to see what she thinks. I mean, I try to get her to watch football with me, but she she doesn't really want to. Yeah, um, you gotta do that. but I'd be interested. The end zone be is the slime she, zone. The slime she loves slime, dude. Oh, she loves can, slime. Somebody constantly. needs to explain why wh- what it is with why kids like slime. slime? Why yeah, I don't get oh, it. Oh Nickelodeon slime. Okay, I will tell you. So when I was a kid growing up, there was a show on Nickelodeon called You Can't Do That on Television. <laughs> okay, do you guys remember that show? Yes, I do remember. I do remember the show. I had, a black,
2: I had a black and white television with three channels. They were yeah. Fox, NBC, and ABC. Yeah,
1: there you go. <laughs> you didn't have CBS?
2: Yeah, it came in fuzzy.
1: Uh, there you go. Um, and it had always been a problem anyway, even when I was younger and we had it. But anyway, so they had this show called You Can't Do That on Television. And whenever somebody said, I don't know, they dumped a bucket of green slime on them, on their head. Right. So this is going back 35 years so that's uh, as far as I remember, right. so there's that's how that started. And th- that to me
0: makes sense that there's some nostalgia for people our age and above that uh. watched this as a kid. Uh. But I mean what what even even then with, with, with you as a kid connecting to sign then, and kids connecting to slime now, like what, what is the primal connection? I couldn't, I couldn't
1: slime. I don't understand. I don't, I couldn't create slime when I was a kid. My daughter is obsessed <laughs> with creating slime. We have to buy like bottles of glue and then she puts like coloring and, um yeah. and glitter in it and everything. And she just sits there and plays with it and stretches it out. Eat, like it does and... all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, Fucking, yeah, a it's an interesting phenomenon. Uh, well, it uh, keeps her occupied, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah,
0: can't complain then. All right, let's move on to our next topic, which I'm calling "Houston, We Have a Problem."
1: That is so cliched, clever, <laughs> <They're bullshit. laughs> so clever. So clever. You guys are hey. gonna love You guys are gonna love my next bit even more. I am gonna I am gonna litter my analysis of this with Seinfeld references <laughs> from the '90s. And other shit that nobody fucking cares about. Hey, you're welcome to.
3: Eh.
0: I feel feel welcome, Mark. It's about to get worse, okay? Deshaun Watson wants to take his horse to the Old Town Road. Ken, where does he ride till he
1: can't no more? Oh, man. We have rights to that? Dude, (laughs) Mark, how, how do you fuck this up? Your whole, the whole fucking, it's very, if it is not clear to you, as an NFL administrator, GM, coach, owner, that once you get the quarterback, everything else is fucking secondary. Don't fuck that up. Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson had M- at an MVP level season on a fucking four and twelve team, and now they're gonna fuck around with it like it Why was a you no know, brainer. I said it. I said it two place. weeks. I said it two weeks ago. He said
0: he wanted to, I mean, he even said, I wasn't expecting them to hire any of my recommendations, but I thought they'd at least talk to him. Why would the organization not take that into account? Uh, Yeah, exactly. Like at least
1: call the references he had, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, I mean, he he got, he got BNME, BNME's recommendation came from Mahomes. I said it two weeks ago, no brainer. That's that is, should be BNME's job to lose. The only way he shouldn't get that job is if he fucks up the interview so bad and talks his way out of the job. That was a no brainer. You're going from Mahomes to the, probably the player who's most similar like him to carry a team. What alarms me more than anything else is in what week 15, week 16, JJ Watts, like this is unacceptable. Obviously, there's a culture problem there, too. Why would you, like, some, some of these people, I, I, in my, I think, think that they're just so much smarter than everybody else. They can just make these decisions and, like, your employees' opinions don't mean shit. Now, if you are, have any leadership skills whatsoever, you should always take everyone's, everyone's input. Hey, how's this work? How does this do, how do you do this? How, uh, how is this working out? How can we fix it? All that type of shit. And like you said, interview the guy, interview the guy. Now he's going to go somewhere else. He was probably, uh, in my opinion, would be the number one choice for any job, but you have your quarterback and now you make him unhappy. Like that makes absolutely no fucking sense. You made
0: a guy more unhappy that was already unhappy, you know, with how the season went and Mm -hmm and how things were treated. He was unhappy at the beginning of the season when they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins without yes. talking to him about it. First. Yep.
2: Worst draft. Worst. Oh, it's trade. Trade ever. since <laughs> Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think is the funniest thing is they, they rewind a few years. They had a great left tackle in Dwayne Brown, who they traded for a third round draft pick. Then they realized they needed a third round pick. They traded for Tunsil for the Dolphins' first-round pick, which now there's rumors that they're going to trade Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins for their third-round pick back. Like <sighs> they created this entire mess on their own. Yeah, so now they it's, made oh. their bed. They had a very good left tackle. They created this whole draft mess for them. And now they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a draft pick. They
1: don't have a coach. Like that, they're. How do you smooth that? How do you smooth that situation over? Um, you know, but here's another question for you. Um I'm trading for I, I shit, unless you have Mahomes or maybe Herbert, Josh Allen, I mean, what team wouldn't want Deshaun Watson?
2: As long yeah. as he doesn't go to the as long as he doesn't go to the Patriots, the 49ers, the Rams or the Saints.
0: I was thinking I was thinking this maybe the Jets send the second pick and take him dude yeah.
3: heart,
1: no brainer I before Trevor Lawrence without a doubt without yeah. a doubt love I mean a, Watson. I
2: don't know I don't have his numbers in front of me but he's I know he's higher paid than Russell Wilson so he's a top three yeah. paid quarterback already um there is something to be said about getting one of those guys when you're not they're not the Jets aren't going to win a Super Bowl next year if they just add Sean Watson right
0: yeah they've got a, they've got a lot more to do Ugh. and been rebuild so yeah, they need more well, than that, but Unlike hey, Watson you him, you take him. Eagles head coach Doug Peterson might not want out but he's out nonetheless, fired by Philly on the heels of tanking week 17 uh, Speaking of the Jets this sort of feels like a honeypot for
2: them, Drew What do you think? Uh, I have a Colin Coward take Yeah, NFL coaches that wear visors don't work <laughs> he works in college. You know, Steve Spurrier was a notorious visor guy. I think Lincoln Riley's a visor guy. Who else? Gary Patterson at TCU, great coach, visor guy. You can't be a visor guy in the NFL. Like Doug Peterson is a visor guy. So, yeah. uh, you know who else is a visor guy? Who? Park's favorite offensive coordinator. <laughs> makes Shoddy. total sense
0: then. Shoddy, it yeah. does.
2: You can't be a visor guy in the NFL. Maybe you can be a good offensive coordinator. Josh McDaniels is a good visor guy, offensive coordinator. So I don't that know. Could be, you that guys can, could be a that could, could be a commercial. Peterson?
0: That could be a commercial.
2: Don't be a visor guy. <laughs> you guys think Doug Peterson gets a head coaching job?
0: <sighs> I mean, do I think there's a team dumb enough to give him one? Yeah. You know, I do. Would I want him? No. I mean, that's why I'm afraid he's going to wind up being defensive coordinator for the Seahawks.
2: But yeah, why? I don't see why everyone's so down on him. Like, I get that that week 17 thing went against everything, but like, there's not too many Super Bowl winning coaches in the NFL, and he won one. And that's it's, true.
1: That's that's a very that's a very fair point. Against Belichick too, and if I recall correctly, that was a good time at Drew's house watching that game but it was a good time. time. But, um, I mean, a lot, I mean, you know, what have you done for me lately? The lasting impression people are going to have of him, of having his whole team turn on him by basically throwing out a whole week's worth of preparation when they should have won that game and could have won that game. And all of a sudden he, you know, he basically says, screw this. We're just going to put some slap nuts in there. And, uh, and, we're, and we'll see how it goes, and we'll roll the dice, but we're playing a win, which was all bullshit. I, honestly, I mean, I mean, I don't know. No one really will never, maybe never ever know the real reason why. I mean, maybe he just wanted to do a solid for Ron Rivera. Maybe he knows him well. I don't know. But, you know, like, like you were saying, Drew, you can't just forget the success that he had from one bad mistake. People make mistakes all the time. Last, he, well, he made the playoffs with Nick Foles again, and they won a game. And and this and last year Carson Wentz pretty much got him the playoffs on his own, and all right. of a sudden now it's not working out for him there. I mean, uh, also also like, I get that there
2: Wentz and his relationship isn't well, but like Carson Wentz like threw terrible passes like that's not coaching. Like I yeah. I understand if if I I can see things that are. Like, he was missing wide-open receivers. He was throwing the ball into the ground. Like, you can't tell me that's coaching. Some of it was – I have two reasons why Seahawks fans that don't want Doug Peterson should be worried. One, he's from the Northwest. Two, when they did win the Super Bowl, they were a a run-first offense. They, I think they were third in the NFL in rushing that year, sixth in the NFL in rushing attempts. Like, they were – they were they they pounded the ball and that's what Pete Carroll's looking for. So I don't know. I don't I don't really see it happening. I don't think that Pete Carroll and him have any ties that I know of. But those are two reasons it why it could.
0: Happen. It could.
1: It works on paper with with Pete's scheme. But who gets the Eagles job? What what do they do? Do you want that job? I mean, do you now? You're sti- no, no, thinking no, about that. This. Kind of, see, that kind of
0: seems like a head coaching job. I don't want.
1: Well, here's the thing. You're you're either you're walking, yeah, you're walking into a a nightmare already. You're like, well, we have this guy who's a great quarterback talent, but what does it say about him if they even drafted someone in the second round? I mean, they can make all, they can, I mean, obviously, he already lied to us and said he was trying to win by putting fucking slapdick in the game. Nate Sudfeld, sorry, man, I'm sure he's a really nice guy, but it just, you know, there was a horrible, horrible decision, right? So he's done that, and then, He kind of cuts his quarterback's legs out from under him by drafting another one in the second round. I mean, why? Why even do that? You have a team that could make that, like, literally, at the beginning of the year, if you said you think the Eagles are going to make the Super Bowl, nobody would say that's a horrible pick. They'd be like, oh, I can see that happening. They had a roster to do it. They had a quarterback, and now you're wasting a second-round pick on another quarterback, basically cutting the guy's legs out from under him. You should do everything to keep him – as confident as possible. So some coach is actually going to walk into a dumpster fire. So they're probably going to get probably the least desirable candidate out there, unless they get somebody who's got unbelievable leadership skills and can turn everything around. But, I mean, that's – I mean, dude, who wants that job?
2: Lincoln Riley. What about Lincoln Riley? Jalen, Jalen Hurts, college coach?
1: Yeah.
0: Well, that they said the work. same thing about the are I mean, they're, the definitely going,
2: they're definitely going to go with an offensive guy. Their defense is still – I wouldn't say elite, but above average. Uh,
0: Whoever takes that job is going to have to make a quarterback decision immediately. I think that's the way you get people behind you and some unity on that team. I think if you make it a thing where you come in and whether they're drafting a quarterback also, and it's a three-way competition or, you know, what they're doing, uh, you either need to trade Wentz or, or Jalen, if you're going to keep Wentz and, you know, move forward and figure something out. Well,
1: well, you need to make sure you're going into an organization where everybody's aligned. The owner, the GM and the coach all have to be in alignment on what the fuck are we going to do with these two guys? Maybe they open the season with both of them and they just have them compete for the position. And then you dump one of them when they lose the job, because who the hell wants to be a backup at this point, but I mean, I don't think Wentz is done by any means. He's only in his season. No, I mean, that's, I,
0: he could have a total second life on another team too, which maybe maybe he needs to not be an Eagle too. Like maybe the best thing for him, I don't know that it will happen because the yeah. Eagles may want to hang on to him, but I do think it's very likely the best thing for him is to get the fuck out of Philadelphia yeah. and be on another team.
2: Start over. Peterson could have a second life too. Like there's 20 NFL teams that would have taken Doug Peterson two years ago.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, man, true. look, Tom Coughlin's second second head coaching job. He won two Super Bowls. And oh, I'm sorry, Belichick won six. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> yeah, look,
0: I'll be I'll be the first to admit my thing with Peterson is the same way. When I watch a movie or a TV show, we all know the uh, temper tantrum I threw at the end of Lost. I only remember <laughs> the ending. I don't remember anything before, <laughs> which is why I probably have negative feelings on Peterson this year. I think Let's, Eagles fans would agree with Great hair. Great Let's hair. Let's move into our Chalk Talk. We entered the divisional round of the NFL playoffs this weekend. Eight teams, four games. Let's start with Saturday. First up is Rams at Packers. Los Angeles might have survived the Seattle freeze, but can Goff's broken finger endure a Wisconsin winter in a game that is predicted to be 20 degrees at kickoff? Ken, give us your forecast.
1: All right. I'm going to say this as a, as a, as a former very, very mediocre to horrible college football player from the Northeast, you can convince yourself that it's not cold. Once you get going, everybody's the same. Everybody's going to be cold. Everybody's going to be hot on the hot days. All right, some people are used to it more. I mean, I, when it's 50 degrees here in Austin, I'm cold as shit. Back home, we would be outside in T-shirts playing. But it's also a frame of mind. If they can convince themselves that it's not a problem and don't make a big deal out of it, I don't think it's going to be as big of a factor as people think. But also, let's, I'm going to go back to this, which I brought it up a couple of times. The Rams have hit the, the under in the Rams game has come in 11 of their 17 games this season. Okay, so what does that tell you? They have a very good defense and obviously a very a somewhat inept offense. I think this game is going to come down to Cam Akers, to be honest with you. Um, if, he can, if they can run the ball, they're going to have a shot. And, and the other thing is this. Um, you know, a lot of times – and, Drew, Drew, you were a college athlete, and you were a pitcher, so your arm was probably hurting all the time. In a lot of cases, when somebody's hurt, like Goff is right now, you have a built-in excuse when you suck whether it, you want to admit it or not it's it's a it's a mental thing with you so if you have an injury you're going out there and you're like I'm just gonna give it everything I got and if I fail well I have a broken finger we failed but you know if you could somehow just kind of relax it, it maybe maybe it helps it will it'll help him relax knowing that he has that built-in excuse as horrible as that is to say and, and maybe he'll play a little bit better and more efficiently and hold on to the ball The problem with is, Having a bad hand in cold weather is if it gets cold and icy, uh, you know, and the ball gets slippery when it gets cold outside. You know, him holding on to the ball could be a problem. But at the end of the day, you're looking at the number one offense in the league against the number one defense in the league. I don't know, man. I, you know, I'd love to see the Rams make a game of it. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. I just think the Packers are so dialed in right now. It's going to be, it's going to be
2: tough. Yeah, I have, um, I, I foresee. Aaron Donald being the guy out there with his shirt off in 20 degree weather, just to prove that he's not cold. Yeah. Um,
0: and that his ribs don't hurt. Look at him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So warm up shot, uh, bump as we call it in the industry of Aaron Donald warming up with the shirt off. I do agree. The Rams have the best defense in the NFL. Like I, I, I don't think that that's debatable after Miami's performance in week 17, they didn't make the playoffs. Um, the D-line is unbelievable. Even after D- Darnold went out last week, like, it didn't really slow down. Uh, UW's Zone, Greg Gaines kind of stepped in on that and wrecked havoc. Jalen Ramsey, for as much shit as people like to talk about him, has backed it up this year.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but I also think, as we spoke about earlier, a, a good offense beats a good defense. And Seattle's um, offense was not good. It wasn't a good offense. Um, throw the MVP of the NFL in there. Um, I, think, I think the Packers are going to move on there.
1: Uh, here's another thing, too. As, as much as – there is, just something to watch out for. As you, like you said, Drew, Ramsey's probably the, maybe one of the best, if not the best corner in the league. Probably number one, maybe number two, right? But there's, that's no guarantee that he's going to take Devontae Adams out of the game. Now, uh, Devontae Adams might be the best receiver in the game. He's physical, he's big. He can make catches on all different types of platforms and all well, different types of the field.
2: Con- Matt LaFleur is con- like he's a he's a confident coach, mm-hmm. confident as well. Uh, he he will make adjustments that Schottenheimer did not make last mm-hmm. week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the guy look out for to me is Valdez Scantling. Averages 20.9 yards a catch.
0: Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of a quiet assassin that yeah. guy. Yep. Yeah. I'll tell you here's listen listen to these stats cuz this is super interesting to me and this is where I sort of disagree with you maybe Ken, is specific to Goff playing in in bad weather, okay? He's only played two games in below freezing temperature before, both in 2018. One was against the Bears, the other one was against the Broncos, okay? Listen to this line across these two games. 34 of 72 381 yards zero touchdowns five interceptions and a fumble that's with a healthy finger
1: that's
2: who Goff is right now that's what but, he does every week
1: but also that year that year they had like the second first or second best offense in the NFL and they had a downfield passing attack all he needs to do is hold on to the football on Saturday night and they got they got a shot um i mean you know, I mean, as I, I mean, look, uh, duh. Don't turn the ball over. No shit. But you know, when you're playing with a bad thumb, it's kind of a big factor in the game. He doesn't. Hey Ken. What are your keys to the game? <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, don't turn the ball over. <laughs> Get pressure on the quarterback and score touchdowns. That's the key to every fucking football game, dipshit. But. You know, but, you know, with his bad thumb in cold weather, it, it, as long as he can handle the ball well, you know, with their defense, it, if Ramsey can go- take out Adams, th-
2: maybe they got a shot. But I, I'm going I with the pack here. On this I just series. think it's funny that Goff is even in the conversation. I, I read a headline Sunday night that said, like, Goff leads Rams to win. He had nine completions on Saturday. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So, like, let's – we've wasted too much breath on Jared Goff.
0: All right, so you guys are both taking the pack on the money line. Let's talk about then the point spread and the over-under. The spread is uh, minus six and a half Packers. The over-under is 45 and a half. Who do you guys got on the spread and the uh, over-under?
2: I got the Packers. If it was, if it was over seven points, I, I might lean on the Rams, but the fact that it dropped under seven um, Packers, I'm going to go the over as well. I'm going pack and under.
0: Okay, I agree with you guys. I'm, I'm taking Green Bay on both the the money line and the spread. But I'm taking the over simply because Green Bay uh, was number one in points per game during the regular season, and they averaged like 31.8. Um, and with the Rams being banged up, bad weather, I think it might be the Packers that just cover the spread on <laughs> on their own. I don't think it really matters what the Rams do. All right, let's move on to our second game on Saturday. It is the Baltimore Ravens at Buffalo Bills. It's another cold-weather game, but showcasing two hot teams here. Drew, who will melt their opponent?
2: (laughs) Where do you find these lines? In my brain, you know. Uh, This is my most uh, excited game. For sure.
1: Absolutely.
2: 100%. Uh, I rode the Ravens uh, in the back half of my fantasy season. It brought me some championships. Uh, Love the way they're playing right now. And the Bills, I think Ken mentioned this two weeks ago, just seem like they're having the most fun of anybody in football right now. And that is something that they don't really break down in podcasts or in TV shows, but it means something. Totally. It's supposed to snow lately, low of 30, to 30 in in uh, Buffalo. I think two of the most exciting quarterbacks are facing off. Ravens are peaking at the right time. Like I've I've said, like I think the middle of their season should be written off. They had to play all these weird games. They missed a lot of people from COVID. And I think, um, unlike last year, they're actually peaking at the right time. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be extremely co- close uh, money line. I'm going bills by a field goal at the end, not win by a field goal. I think they're going to win by one point. I think it's going to be that close. Okay.
0: So you're, you're taking bills on, on the money line. Correct. Okay. Spread is minus two and a half bills, by the way, over under is 50 and a half. That
2: being said, I have a pretty hefty bet. Ravens plus 1200 to win the Super Bowl. So I hope so. I'm wrong. You, you, yeah, you, you, you're rooting for the, the
0: home team for your bank account.
1: I just placed it before <laughs> the playoffs.
0: I love it. Ken, what do you think here?
1: All right. The Bills, the Buffalo Bills are nine and one in their last 10 home playoff games. Not that that matters because Josh Allen wasn't even alive before they won last week. But think about this. The last time the Bills won a playoff game before last week, the Baltimore Ravens didn't even exist. Wow. 1995, right? The Ravens came around the next year. Okay? Now, I think this game's going to look a hell of a lot like 1994, 95. Um, And I'm excited to watch. Um, The Ravens might be the best organization in the NFL. Um, I was reading something today that players who leave that organization are just like surprised that other organizations don't have a commitment to winning that the Ravens do. And they, they've, they've won ugly in, their, in their, the time that they've, you know, since that year. The first, when they won the Super Bowl in 2000, they had never made the playoffs as the Ravens before. The last time they did was as the Browns in 94 when Belichick was the coach, right? right. Since then, they have won ugly, They really have. They've never had, like, this explosive passing attack. You know, they've always won with great defense, had a running game. Um, But I just feel like nobody is playing better than Allen and Diggs right now. They're just unstoppable. I don't think it really even matters who they're going against. Like, I don't even think they care who they're going against. They know that they can beat everybody. Um, I'm I'm taking the the Bills 2.5, minus 2.5. I think they win by maybe, like, you know, five or six or something like that. It'll be a really good game. Um, I, think it, I think the over is going to come in. I'm thinking like, you know, Bills win maybe like 32-27 or something like that. Uh, their defense isn't great. They don't really have a great pass rush. But again, I just feel like, like Drew said, there's got to be something to be said for a bunch of guys who love going out there and playing together and get excited for that one day of the week when they all get to do it. They're having a lot of fun and they're just kind of unstoppable right now. Like as much as you could, you know, as much as people say, you know, um, Lamar Jackson, uh, talk about his rushing capabilities. Like Josh Allen, I think has more rushing touchdowns than him since they came into the league. Um, And he could throw the ball a hell of a lot better. He can make every single throw on a football field there. I was listening to something. I think it was last week where some people are saying they, if there was a draft today, they might take him over Mahomes. Um, that's how good they are. Uh, I think they're just going to keep riding it and I'm I'm going with the bills. I'm going with the over and the over as well. I agree
0: with you guys. I think it's going to be a high scoring affair between two potent offenses. Uh, Like Ken said, I think the bills look unstoppable. I also think they pose the greatest threat to Kansas city for that AFC championship. Mm -hmm. I think Kansas city is going to have their hands full with that team. And they're my favorite pick to win the whole thing. Kind of like drew with the Ravens. But I'm saying Bills by at least field goal, which also makes him the money line pick, and I'm taking the over here too. Which, by the way, if I was going to pick my pick of the week, surefire thing, I think it's the over on this game.
2: Yeah, I agree. Good call. Well, you know know Ken loves overs in the snow, so you (laughs) (laughs) –
1: Always take the over in the snow, man. It's a Always take the – and ever since I told Drew that, I went through like – seven years of no overs in the snow (laughs) (laughs) hitting. And he reminds me of it every time. Hey, Ken. Hey, Ken. It's snowing out in Cleveland today. You take the over? (laughs) I didn't know we were supposed to give all of our picks. Um, Who Who are you taking the over,
2: Drew, on this game or under? I'm taking Bill's money line. Ravens to cover the spread, over 50 and a half.
0: All right, uh, let's move into Sunday. Uh, the Browns dumped points on the Steelers last Sunday, but Ken, can they do it again in Kansas City this oh. Sunday morning, or does Mahomes pound the nail in the MVP
1: coffin? All right. The Browns have the fourth best red zone offense in the league. The Chiefs have the worst red zone defense in the league. Hmm. The Browns are also 11-0 and this season when they win the turnover battle. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I, I'm, I'm thinking the Chiefs win by a field goal. Honestly, yeah. late, two, Late, too. Mahomes Mahomes hasn't had over 100 passer ratings since week 12 against the Bucs. In the last three games, he's had four picks. He only had two before that. Granted, a few of them were tipped, but they're still on his record. Just a tip. Um, and, and I really – just the tip. I really think that last week winning in Pittsburgh has like kind of given the Browns – as an organization from top to bottom, the confidence to go on the road and win playoff games and be and be competitive in them. They're not the Browns that we've all had good laughs about the last, you know, 20 years or so since Kelly Holcomb, Drew's girlfriend from high school. But uh, I think <laughs> I'm going I'm taking the, I'm taking the Browns to cover. <laughs> I'm taking the Browns to cover. Um and, and I think that 56 over um, I, I, that's that's a tough call. Uh, you know what? I'll go the I'll go with the over. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Chiefs win late. Yeah. Okay. I'm taking, the, I'm taking the Browns to cover though. I like it.
2: Other than the Chad Henne Bowl in Week 17, the Chiefs have lost one game in 429 days. One time they lost one game. They won the Super Bowl. They had the best record in the NFL this year. Possible MVP, probably going to go to Rodgers. Arguably the best coach in the NFL. It feels like to me somehow they're underrated. Like the fact that we're talking about the Browns might might win and Ken says it's going to be a
0: single-digit game. I think, I think game. Ken's just talking about you're, you're, you're taking Chiefs to win, but you're taking Browns on the spread, which is plus 10, which is pretty high.
2: No, I'm not taking the Browns on anything. I'm yeah. saying – it feels to me like the Chiefs are underrated. Like, they've lost one game in almost 500 days. Yeah, um, it's, a valid, it's a valid point. I think, the, I think the Steelers were an average team disguised by a really good first half. I'm not – I think that that was – it was a good win. I know the Browns have had to overcome a lot of things, but, like, I don't think the Steelers were a good team that they just beat. I think it was an average NFL team that they dismantled. Um, but I think people are overlooking the Chiefs. And I think sports teams in general, when they're trying to defend a championship, it's hard to, it's hard to get motivated for those mid-season games when you're 12-1 and one and you've just won a Super Bowl. I'm going Chiefs on everything, Chiefs on money line, Chiefs on covering the spread and over 56 points. Interesting.
1: Browns do get their coaching staff back too.
0: I am – here's – I'm actually – I'm going the Browns on the spread here. And, and the reason is only five of the Chiefs' regular season wins were by more than ten points. Ten points or more, I should say. Um, I think Cleveland keeps it within ten points. In general, in the playoffs, I don't like spreads that are larger than a touchdown. I, I, I think if they are, they favor the underdog. But I will also sort of piggyback on what Ken said. I like Cleveland proved last Sunday they can they could put up points against Pittsburgh, which – I, I'm not impressed with Pittsburgh's defense, but they were the number three ranked defense in points per game, and the Chiefs are far behind the Steelers at number 11. I say Chiefs on the money line, Browns on the spread, take the over. I think there's going to be points.
2: I agree. I just think there's holes in, like, at the end of the year saying, this team was X in, like, the Seahawks. If, if you look at, at the Seahawks' offense this year, they were top 10 in every category. But, like, does that paint a picture of what they were in the playoffs?
0: No, you're right. I, I I agree. I agree with you. I, I think the one thing that you said. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. That sometimes Kansas City, I, I do think, for as good as they are, and I, you know, I think they're they're probably the best team in the NFL, certainly by record. But they do do weird fucking shit sometimes in the game. They do, and they let teams hang in there with them when I think that if they maybe played a little bit more conservatively, which is this is the opposite of what I'm ever normally saying because, you know, I don't like conservative play calling. But I, think, I think if they maybe made some more conservative play calling, they'd be burying teams earlier. But they do some weird shit.
1: Yeah, you know, to Drew's point, you know, it's certainly possible they may have gotten a little bored during the season. And also yeah. what, what that also does is they had a cushion to be able to try some weird shit. You know, it happens I, I when
2: it happens when you're defending. Like LeBron yeah. this year won't even fucking try until yeah. May.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, totally true. Well, let's move on to the final game of the weekend, which will be Brady and the Bucks breezing Saints. Of course, the NFL playoffs are never complete without two elderly quarterbacks battling for future bragging rights at the nursing home. Drew. <laughs>
2: Who, who who gets the rights? Who gets the Reagan rights? Man, I'll be shorter on this one. The Saints have outscored the Bucks seventy-two to twenty-six in their two meetings this year. Wow, three three points seems way too light. Um, I'll take history over uh, what's you know anything else. Obviously, they don't match up well. Uh, it's in New Orleans. Easy. Yeah, I guess we're giving all our picks right away. So I'm going Saints. I'm taking Saints to cut co- to cover that minus three. Um, I think their defense stands up. I think Tom Brady's had a lot of wins against pretty bad teams. So I I think the Bucks aren't going to score a lot of points. Uh, so I have the under two. All right, yeah. Ken, what do you think?
1: Well, uh, a couple of things. Um, something I I I wanted to mention earlier. Look at look at look at the. This is just. The times of COVID. Look at the four teams hosting games. Green Bay, great home field advantage. Buffalo, if they had a packed stadium, huge home field advantage. Those fans are nuts. Chiefs have the loudest stadium in the NFL. Chiefs and the Seahawks, right? The Saints. Thank you. The yeah, Saints also. Thank you for also, clarifying that. Well, yes, of course. So <laughs> the, the Saints, also a phenomenal home field advantage. Yeah. How much of a home field advantage do they even have this year? Not really much. It's just kind of crazy. Like all these four teams who have a decided home field advantage, any other season this year, they don't. It's an Um,
0: interesting question. You wonder how drastically different these spreads might be. Yeah, that's true. If if there were fans.
1: So I just wanted to start out by making that point and and I'll get to where I want to go, but I do have a trivia question for you guys. Okay. Now, Tom Brady and Drew Brees played against each other. Brady at Michigan, uh, Brees at Purdue. Do you know what college progr- quarterbacks from what college program have thrown for more yards in the NFL than any other school? What college? What college? What university? Have thrown more yards than any
2: other school? Is it neither of strong. those colleges? No. Give us that. That only eliminates two.
1: It's Purdue.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So
1: think about it. You had Len, Len Dawson, Len Dawson, Bob Greasy, yeah. Jim Everett, Mark Herman, Kyle Orton.
2: Don't, I was going to say Brees. Kyle. Don't
1: forget Kyle Orton. No, Andrew Brees, um, and C- Curtis Painter, who filled in for Peyton Manning when he had a broken neck. A cradle of quarterbacks. There you go. Absolutely. Now, good. Good stat for you here. Seventeen times in NFL history. A team has beaten a team twice and hosted a playoff game for the third matchup. Do you know what that was? Team's record. That team's record is that home team's record is. God, do you have a a researcher? Do you fucking? (laughs) Hey, hey, man. I taught. I taught you how to do all this shit. Those teams are twelve and five in the third game. Wow. How about that? However, uh, I. But the Saints' defense really good. Now, if you don't think Sean Payton's going to make adjustments, you know, for their offense after playing them twice and beating them twice, he's a good enough coach to know that he's going to need to do that. However, 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 this is not the same team that they played those two games. They have gotten a hell of a lot better throughout the year. Now, after three rough playoff exits – the Minnesota Miracle, the bad per- pass interference at home against the Rams kept them out of the Super Bowl. And then they lost to Kirk Cousins last year. Okay, you would think that the Saints are going to come out highly motivated to do this. However, here's the thing Antonio Brown in the last four games, 22 receptions, 315 yards, five touchdowns, 14.3 yards per catch. So if you're going to try to stop him, how are you going to stop Mike Evans? If you can't stop either of them, How are you going to stop Godwin? And then you got Gronk down the middle of the field. And Cameron Braid, who's a good tight end. And you got Lenny Fournette in the backfield. And you have the best distributor of the football we've ever seen in our lifetime. So, no home field advantage. I don't give a shit about the third time you're playing because you're playing a different team. I don't care about what happened last year because it's a different season. I'm taking all the sentimentality out of it and the emotion out of it because it can be Drew Brees' last season. And you'd love to see him go out a winner. But if they get behind, they have no deep passing attack. They cannot make up points very quickly. I'm taking the Bucks in this game. I think the Bucks actually are going to roll them, to be honest with you. The,
2: the, last, te- the, last, the last time the Bucks beat a team with a winning record was week five.
1: Doesn't matter. Different I'm just, saying, I'm just I'm, throwing
2: that out I'm, there.
0: I'm joining Andrew here, and I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I, I think the way that they stop that potent uh, – you know, passing offense with 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 Brady um, is with the number five pass defense, which is what Brady solely relies on. They the Bucks have no rush game at all. the The Saints do. They've got a rush game. They can. We know they can put up points passing too. Um, I think that it's going to be Saints win. I take them on the spread and the money line. And I think it's going to be high-scoring because both of these teams are in the top five in points per game. Tampa Bay is number three. New Orleans is number five. If it weren't for the Bills-Ravens overpick, the overpick here, be my other surefire pick of the week.
1: Think about it, though. All right. Antonio Brown has played in, like, what, ten games in the last two seasons? And he still has, like, more catches and more receiving touchdowns than any receiver since 2014 most games the saints are playing in they have to stop one really good receiver they got to stop three okay now true. the the best the only way in my opinion the only shot that they have is they have to get brady where he hates it the most and that's pressure up the middle if they can do that i think they're going to have a shot i just don't think that they're going to be good enough at this point i think the bucks are rolling right now they've hit their stride at the right time of the year and i think they're going to win them by win by two touchdowns. The Eagles,
2: the the Saints just beat the Vikings a couple weeks ago with Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson.
1: Uh, Yeah, but they also have Kirk cousins, not Tom Brady and Brady has thrown. I agree, but
2: I'm just saying like, it's not like they haven't faced good receivers.
1: Yeah, but they don't have good receivers with Tom Brady. It'll be fun
2: to see
0: on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to our final segment.
1: (laughs) It'll be a blast,
0: Mark.
3: It's fucking (laughs) transition.
1: You're like, it'll be fun. It'll be fun on Sunday. (laughs) He's on like Greg Gumble. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, Uh, hey, what did I say about Greg Gumble the other day? Nobody ever talks about Greg Gumble being a great play-by-play. He's great. He's good. (laughs) He's good. All right. He's like the brother of the "Let's get ready to rumble"
2: guy. That guy gets no credit, and he does all the UFC shit. Yeah. It's Do you guys like, see the David Arquette
0: WWE documentary, The Who Killed David Arquette?
2: I don't no.
1: watch anything wrestling related. Me and Ken went to a wrestling match one time. Yeah, today, we did. We did in Austin. We left early, too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go for briskies. We had, we had nosebleed seats. Yeah, we wrestling. did. And we knew somebody who's like the executive producer of fucking WWE. And he's like, Yeah, well, we got you tickets first fucking seats in the house, and there was like eight thousand open seats right in front of us. So we were all the way yeah. in the fucking back. Ah, uh, I love it. Mark's favorite show, by the way, is Gumble to Gumble. Go on. That's right. <laughs> you're
2: you're excited. You're excited to watch Clarice. <laughs> you, you guys are making it
0: impossible for us to finish this podcast.
1: Drew watches Madam Secretary. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you watch Bridgerton.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that is. I don't uh, know what that is. Sounds like a prep school.
2: Yeah.
0: Drew watches Call the Midwife. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my joke <laughs> falls flat. It's like the Saturday <laughs> Live episode. All right, let's move on to our. I'm excited about this one. Me too. Our grab bag This week is inspired by my dad and he loves the Dr. Rick progressive insurance commercials where Chris Parnell plays a life coach that protects you from becoming your parents. I'm sure you've all seen these. They're admittedly pretty genius, uh, but our grab bag is if you were writing one of these commercials about your own parents, what are some of the parentisms that Dr. Rick would highlight? Ken, I'll start with you.
1: All right, I thought about this all day long because there's just so much fucking shit to fucking sift through. All right, but I will <laughs> tell you this. So my first year living in Austin, my parents come and visit me for Christmas. Drew went home from to Seattle, so he didn't have, the, he didn't have the, the pleasure of going out to dinner with mom and dad and watching my mom, you know, take ice out of her water, water glass and put it into her wine glass. <laughs> Hence my favorite drink. But... My mom and dad stayed with me in a one bedroom apartment for about seven or eight days. It was great. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But um, my mom had just done all the dishes. And um, I walk into my kitchen area and there's a cup sitting right next to the sink. I'm like, what the fuck is this doing here? So I pick up the cup and I start putting it in the dishwasher and my mom, out of nowhere, just yells, no! I'm like, what the fuck? She goes, you always leave a cup next to the sink in case you got to take a pill. I'm like, what the fuck? How many fucking pills do you take? Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah, um, if you want to leave, if you leave a cup next to your sink in case you have to take a pill. <laughs> That's great. Might, you might become your parents one day. Yeah, how would Those we phrase it as great. a doctor
0: thing? We don't uh, yeah. need to
1: leave a, leave a cup by the
0: seat uh, yeah. to take your pills.
1: Yeah, You could You could take your pill with anywhere else you'd like. Yeah, you can take your pill at any time. You can just grab the a one cup where, from the cupboard. The one where he throws out the picture of the lady saying, no cussing, no fussing. Yeah.
3: He just throws it out. That's great. There's so many great
0: <laughs> ones. So many great ones <laughs> <where> <laughs> are like, the waiter doesn't need to know your name. Your name. Oh, yeah. it's great. Those commercials are great. Yeah. <laughs> The best, the my favorite one though is uh, when the guy with the blue hair walks in and and he goes, "We all see it.
1: (laughs) We all see. We all see it." (laughs) You don't know him. You don't know him. (laughs) You
2: hired Uh, him to do the job. (laughs) Okay, my my mine is uh, last last time my parents came to visit me. My dad. uh, This is just the first part, but they're all related he has two Facebook accounts. But the (laughs) the hard thing is, they both have the exact same picture. (laughs) But he doesn't wanna, he has like different friends on each account, so he doesn't wanna like lose his friends, so he thought I could like merge the accounts, and I'm like looking up Facebook, like Googling how do you merge Facebook accounts. So uh, he still has, (laughs) it always says like, hey. Ron Irvin's birthday twice today. <laughs> the, the, it gets even better though because he has three Instagram accounts and he didn't know he had one. Like how does that? <laughs> <have>? <laughs> and then the last part was he called me this week because he didn't know he had two cell phones and he's been getting double charged <laughs> because of <they're> both. <laughs> right Where's the cell, uh. cell phone? Where's cell
1: phone? How
2: does he not know phones. he has two. He, he, did, he knew he had two. He didn't know one of them that has been sitting in a drawer for the last two years was actually hooked up the entire time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. Good people. Mr. This so
3: how
0: are we going to phrase that one, Mark? Too funny. uh Gosh, the the, the phone. Thing. You only need one. You only need, you one. need one. one. You only need, <laughs> need One. You don't need two. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a, uh, I've got like five of these because they're all, <laughs> these are all for my mom, and dad stuff they do, and uh, I love them to death. They do the funniest stuff. My first one is, this is my dad. My, I got two TV ones for my dad. First one is, we don't need to rewind the commercial to see what the poster said on the wall. Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> will notice things in commercial, but not be quick enough to. To you know, read what it said or what it is, and we're constantly rewinding commercials.
3: <laughs> In a similar
0: vein, I have we don't need to mute the TV during every commercial break, which is <laughs> I, I don't know why he does this for some reason. I, I guess I understand it because he thinks the commercials are irritating, which they are. However, muting them makes it even more irritating, and then it's quiet
1: and awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Ken like
2: Ken watches movies on TBS
1: (laughs) Only when Star Wars is on, man It's like watching a sex scene with your parents When you're like 10 And you're like really fucking embarrassed Horrible, horrible You're like, I didn't know this was in here Uh
0: (laughs) My third one is for my mom And I love this one Because she always does it And it is Just because the person you're speaking to has an accent Doesn't mean you should (laughs) (laughs) My fourth one is my favorite one This is one of the funniest things My dad ever did And it is The lyrics are I like it when you call me big papa Not I appreciate it when you call me large father
1: (laughs) 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 How did you even know that song? We
0: were in the car one time And he was like Put on that song I like from that old rapper You know the one that's like I appreciate it when you call me Large Father.
3: And I look at him and I
0: go, Do you mean I like it when you call me Big Papa? It's like there couldn't be a more middle aged white man translation of that. Oh, God. I appreciate it I when know. you call me Large Father.
2: This could be, when, a, this could be a separate podcast. My, I like my, eight, my parents, my when my
1: parents came to visit, We went down to the Alamo. Now, if you've never been to the Alamo, it is the least impressive American landmark you'll ever go to. You like pretty much walk in and walk out and you're done literally, but there's like a garden on in the back. Right? So we're walking and my mom all of a sudden just, there's like these flat cactus leaves. um, And she just yanks one off of a tree. I'm like, What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) That's government property. You can't do that. Oh, I don't know. I just wanted to bring it home with me. I'm like, put it back. I'm like, who's the fucking children and the parents here? Jesus. If
2: you've never been to the the Alamo, there's a a Ripley's Believe It or Not across the street. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. You're walking through like a big city, and then all of a sudden there's this hut that is supposed to be impressive.
1: Yeah, and it's the, it's not impressive at all. Now, next to that, though, I will tell you, Mark, if you ever get a chance to go, there's a bar hidden there right next to it, inside of a hotel. Um, and in that bar is where uh, Teddy Roosevelt planned like his last Rough Riders mission for the Spanish-American War. That is really cool. There are some great historical artifacts on that. It's like an old-timey bar, like... Um, With like a lot of wood and everything like that, I don't know. I think that stuff's interesting. Maybe I'm turning into my parents now. (laughs) Nobody
0: needs to hear your story about the old timey bar that you love.
1: (laughs) I used to go to Teddy Roosevelt's house on Long Island. You want? I'll tell you one one more story, and then we could we can wrap things up. So the Maxwell House Hotel in Nashville, Tennessee, right? Teddy Roosevelt goes there, and uh, while he's president, and he says. And they say, Mr. Roosevelt, is there anything we can get for you? Yes, I would like the biggest cup of coffee you have brought up to my room. Apparently, this guy was, like, loaded on coffee all day long, right? So they bring him this big, cute, this big cup of coffee, um, and he drinks it, and has, I guess he has lunch or whatever, and they come to pick it up, and they're like, Mr. Roosevelt or Mr. President, uh, how, was how was your coffee? And he goes, it was good to the last drop. And that's where they got their Maxwell House. Wow. Drew's, favorite, Drew's second favorite coffee to Folgers. Um, <laughs> tagline from there. You go. Do you <laughs> the good. Maxwell House sponsor our podcast. Whatever.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. One, I've got
0: one final parentism, and this one comes from just the other night when we were having family dinner, and my dad texted uh my sister and my brother-in-law to tell them that dinner was ready. And so he went and found uh, like a you know like a meme like a gif and he didn't look at what it said he just saw that it was a dinner bell and the text said something to the effect of the bell has rung I'll make you come and it was spelled C-U-M which he sent to my Sister and my (laughs) (laughs) brother-in-law. So my final one is we need to read the text on the meme before we forward it to family members.
1: There you go. Absolutely. Oh, Oh,
0: That's a good one. All right. If you've got a question or topic you'd like us to consider for future grab bags, please email fullblowncoverage at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platforms at fullblowncvg. Ken, Drew, any final comments before we sign off? Full blown.
1: Um, enjoy the games this weekend, man. Yeah. It was fun. Missed you guys last week. Sorry I couldn't make it. Yeah, it was great to have you back. I told, well, to I back. told Mark
2: it was like having uh, John Stockton and Jeff Hornichak without. <laughs> <laughs> you welcome. <laughs> it was a very acute
0: It was a very acute analogy. <laughs> all right, that's all we've got for this week's episode. But tune in next week for more full-blown
3: coverage. Full-blown.
1: Uh, full-blown. 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 full-blown.